so Kels, yeah. when you, you stepped out, it was so funny. You're like, I got to step out for, uh, you said you're not going to step out of the studio because you'll get distracted. Yeah. I went to the bathroom. I come out of the bathroom. You had stepped out. Yeah. And you're clicking, clacking away. And I'm like, Kels, we got to go. Our guest's on the show. You did the old person run where you kind of hunched down. Yeah. The arms are like shuffling. The shuffle? Yeah. yeah. And the feet are shu- literally shuffling. <laughs> Do you People ever, say I'm an old soul, I guess. You must be. <laughs> Applies to my physical Do presence as well. Do you ever run like that? Yeah, that it is the way that I run. Seriously? Can you picture me being a good runner? I didn't... I never thought about your running. Yeah. Do you, do you ever run? No. Oh. I run like Phoebe from Friends. You ever see that episode no. where she's like all flailing? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. that's I'm an funny. awful runner. I, yeah. So I told you to ask me something. What did I tell you? And this is what we forgot last week. Yes. Uh, so you said you bought something cool from Etsy for your house. Unbelievable. So I was on Etsy and I type in dog house. Because we want to get a new or dog crate. So we have a crate for our dog. Yeah. And we have like the wire crates, which most people have. And I'll tell you, our dog loves it. Like she will, I don't even know if we have a door on it. Yeah, we just throw the yeah, door. It's on. like her safe space. Yeah. She'll mm-hmm. like, whenever she's like, wants, like when it's raining outside, she goes in the crate. Or if she just wants to chill, she goes in the crate um, and just hangs in there. It's like a little cavey type thing. So I went on Etsy and I typed in typed in dog crates and someone takes wine barrels and whiskey barrels and makes it into a dog. Oh, that's crate. awesome. So I bought one. Yeah. And now Daisy, our dog, goes in there all the time. Aww. It's this big wine barrel. And it looks so cool. Now it's late because our dog is a medium sized dog, she's probably yeah. fifty pounds. It's on its side and there's a little stand, so of course it doesn't roll around. Right. But she crawls in there, and the little peephole is where the cork is on the side of it, so she can peek out. Yeah. Does it close? Is there a door on it? No, we did it. We sliced off the total front, so it's yeah. just open on one side. She's too big. Smaller dogs, you can they'll take the top of it and make like an archway, an archway, mm-hmm. uh, for the dog to go in. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. So there you have it, Kelly. That's awesome. All right, kick us off here. Well, welcome everybody to the Profit First podcast. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. It's time. Yabba, yabba, yabba. Yeah, I'm getting jacked up, my friends. You know why I'm jacked up? Why? Because <laughs> you joined us for the Profit First Podcast, the show where we talk about all elements of profitability. But you're like, with who? Who do I talk with? You talk with myself, Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First, the author of Clockwork, a brand new book out there about business efficiency. Pick up your copy, along with some other books. And it's not just me. I'm joined in the studio by my dear friend, Kelsey Ayers. Hello, everybody. <laughs> it's the longest... How many S's are at the end of your name? Uh, one. Okay. Singular. Yep. It seems like Just one. Like, it seems like there's a hundred. And you, you are <laughs> listening to the Profit First Podcast, right? So any profitability angles, any consideration of profitability, we tackle it. We spoke with Ryan Holiday recently on how ego hampers profitability and the difference between ego and confidence. Fascinating insights. Brittany Connor came on our show. A small photography business that was struggling implements Profit First. Massive turnaround. She actually got emotional on the call about the changes she's made, and now she said it as her mission to help other photographers. What about your story? Well, in today's episode, we're going to talk about the startup days. You know, you're thinking about starting a business, you're ready to leave that job and start. How do you do that and pull it off successfully? That's what we're going to find out in today's episode. Um, I'm throwing it to you now, Cal. Oh, when I look well, at you like that and I, I start winking, <laughs> I, that wasn't a twitch in my eye, that was a trying to throw it over to you. Uh, I, everybody, I, you can find us on iTunes. Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, ProfitFirstPodcast.com, or CastBox. CastBox. Any podcatcher anywhere. Um, I miss my neighbor. That's Aww, the one downside. I know. Art, 
he sent me a text. <laughs> it's funny. He's sitting there and he kind of like, you ever see someone like put a cork in their mouth like they're going to pop it out? Like, yeah. you know, they make that like fish face. Yeah. He did that with a strawberry. And then below it says, I just plucked a strawberry from your gar- old garden. Because we left our garden. Yeah. I went back. The strawberries are massive. Oh. Yeah. Is nobody living there yet? No one's living there. Mm. Almost to the point where uh, it's it's sad that no one's living there. Because I love, you've, you worked yeah. in the house for a no, long time. No, I didn't. You never worked at the house? <laughs> no. <laughs> you were here for like two weeks when I you started. You were so lucky. Have you been to the house, though, right? <laughs> yes. So lucky. We also all worked in that basement. I know. We were cracking. It was like seven of us in this basement. Well, I had a garden out back, and the um, I planted strawberries about three years ago, and they would yield some strawberries. But the the animals, I don't care how netted you have your your strawberry patch, forget it. Yeah. Every animal, bird, gopher, I think moose were coming Fox. down from. From, yeah, screaming fox like moose were coming down from Canada <laughs> just for a bite lizards were coming up from, yeah, from the south exactly like, yeah. like what is that iguana doing there <laughs> he's, the, he's the wild one don't touch him eating it and so I yield maybe two or three strawberries and these puny ones that they missed wow. this year I go back there's it's an abundance it's strawberry fields the whole time was your son eating them all <laughs> you you're blaming on the animals <laughs> I gotta tell you a funny son story yeah my oldest son Tyler uh I'm, I, I must have told you the story. We, we lived in a town called Sakasana, New Jersey, for a year. For, I'm sorry, about for eight years. It was our first home that we bought. Move in, and across the street was this uh, house where the, the we never saw the people that lived there. We knew people lived there. It was a couple. They had young children, but our definition of odd. Uh, never all the shades were down during the day, and at night all the lights on like till three o'clock in the morning. Hmm. And uh, the children, you'd see them running around the house. And what we heard is that the husband, he worked a job where he was only home at night. Yeah. So they changed their- their quality time? Yeah. So it was just weird. Well, one day, a tree limb falls down in their yard. A massive one. A massive one. And- Was uh, it massive? (laughs) No, it really wasn't that big, actually. I just (laughs) see what I'm saying. It was pretty big. A pretty big tree limb. And I'm driving to work one morning, and I see it laying there. I'm like, oh, that's going to be a job to clean it up. I come home that night, it was dragged into our yard. Hmm. Someone had, they had left their house and they dragged it into our, into our yard. Stop. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm serious. And I'm, so. Well, it could have been them. They were sleeping. No, not at night. Three o'clock in the morning. Oh, that's true. During the day, they probably were sleeping. I didn't think that far ahead. You make a good point. But whatever. There it was. And I don't, it's very tough to make me upset unless you, Drag a tree limb into my yeah. yard. That's my that like that's my a trigger. massive tree limb. Most people on their yard. Most people's like you get punched in the face. That makes you mad. Yeah. Someone you know hurts your family. For me, none of that stuff. You can punch me. You can spit on me. <laughs> good to know. Yeah, good to know. Just don't carry a tree limb into my yard. So I'm like, this is nonsense. So what do I do? I what drag do do? it back. I drag it back. Right? Is there, is there a tree limb? I yeah. saw it go down. I drag it back there. I'm like, there. That will settle it. Clearly, they know. I'm I've drawn the line in the sand. Uh, I go to bed. Uh, I leave for work. I see it there the next morning. I, I confirm it's still in their yard. I'm like, good. This has been settled. I come back from work, and it's back in our yard. And I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? Because I'm wasting so much energy dragging it back I, and forth. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm like, this is it. I, I'm not a confrontational type person unless I have to be. So I'm like, this is it. I pull the pants. I tighten the belt like two notches. Pull it up over my nipples like too high. Yeah. You know, and I go march. Do the grandfather shuffle? My grandfather shuffle over like you. It's like a race. My hands are flailing. I knock on the front door. I'm like, I'm like, I need to speak with you right now. 
I hear like scrambling behind it, like here, like right now. It's your neighbor. I like to speak with you, please. <laughs> I hear this. Stop. No, this is all true. As a piece of furniture gets moved. In front of the door? Like yes! you're going to break it down? The front door was blocked by a piece of furniture. Stop. The door opens maybe less than a foot. And they look out. They look normal, by the way. And she goes, hello. And I go, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. I am your neighbor next door. I'm like, I live in that house. Like, oh, yeah, we've seen you before. I'm like, creepy. <laughs> and uh, I say, I really don't know how to say this, but uh, I saw this tree limb fell down. I'm like, yeah, we saw that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you did, didn't you? And I said, somehow, I don't know who is magically doing this, it gets dragged into my lawn. And I, I, I've i returned it to your lawn. I'd really appreciate if you take care of it. And they're like, absolutely, that wasn't us. And they close the door. And I'm like, now they're liars. Yeah. I'm like, right. So it was I, your son the whole time? Yes! I get home, I'm yelling at Kristen, like th- yelling through Kristen. I'm like, I can't believe this is such nonsense. And like, they're liars and this stuff. And my son's at the bottom. He's like, that's my dinosaur tail. <laughs> That was his dinosaur tail. Oh. <laughs> so I lectured my neighbors, yelled at them. Oh, man. They subsequently moved out immediately. They're scared of you now. All right, uh, Kels. Well, I want to thank our corporate partners to make the show a reality. So thanks to Right Networks. Now, you, I'll tell you about them in a little bit. Well, yeah. I, I want to pregnant pause them because I don't want people to fast forward through. It's too important. So Right Networks, Nextiva, and Receipt Bank. We'll tell you more about those folks in a little bit. Um, I'll throw Right Networks in a little later when you're not expecting it because I really want you to listen. Um, and we're going to share what we learned today. Plus, we got uh, some listener questions, I think, that came in, right? Yes, indeedy. Okay, do we have any shout-outs? We do. Oh, This one comes from EcoPro LLC on iTunes is, again. Bazinga. Ooh. <laughs> he says, as an entrepreneur, profit is a huge priority. I love how this show is far from stuffy yet so relevant in business strategies. Keep up the great interview and content. Bazinga. Love you. Thanks, Eco, Eco Pro, Pro LLC. I like when people throw in the LLC. Yeah. It makes it feel more, I don't know. As opposed to Eco Pro. Because Eco Pro sounds like, oh, I'm Eco Pro. That sounds like back to Ryan Holiday, a little egotistical. Oh, I know everything about uh-huh. the ecology or whatever Eco Pro is, right? Yeah. But when you throw in LLC, it's like, I don't know, I'm a business that does it. It feels, much, I don't know. It just feels better to me. I question your logic. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I do too, actually. <laughs> All right, let's get to the, the show here. Um, his name Oops, I'm looking at the wrong notes. His name is Patrick Rolland. I was looking at sure? Ryan Holiday's again. I was like, oh, his name is Ryan, Ryan Holiday's back again. How do you say his name? Rolland. Great. Did I say that too quickly? Incorrectly? I thought you did it first. You said it right. Patrick L- Rolland. Yeah. Is an e-commerce educator. He creates easy-to-learn courses for LinkedIn Learning and Lynda.com. That's the L-Y-N-D-A, the learning site. He's written books about e-commerce. He organizes conferences about e-commerce. And he's the co-founder of Lift Off Summer Summit. And an online event designed to help new store owners get their store off the ground. This is the guy when it comes to getting business started once you leave your job. With no further ado or muff ups, welcome to the show, Patrick. <laughs> welcome. Hey there. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so, hey, listen, this summit you have, these are, these are people that want to get a, uh, a store going? Yeah, so the summit is all about someone who wants to sell something online and they don't know how to get people to their website, mm. which is honestly the hardest part. So it's all about getting people to your website so you can run your own business. That's awesome. Excellent. So l- let's get right into the meat and potatoes here. Um, there's so many people, Patrick, that are listening to this show that I've run into in my life that are on the perpetual cliff 
meaning they have their job, they're looking over the cliff, mm -hmm. the jump down to entrepreneurship, they're terrified, and that's where they're frozen. They want to do it in the worst way, but they can't. And some people are like, we'll just push them off the cliff. I mean, how, how do you how do you pass that part, Patrick? Uh, so I... Uh I just recently left my job. And by recently, I mean like a year and a half ago. So nice. just recently left my job about a year and a half ago. And it took me about six months to pull the trigger uh, because it is really, really scary. And even though I know how to sell things online, it took me a lot of preparation to be ready and to to take a step off, off the cliff. Uh, I don't know if that metaphor works anymore, but it took me a while no. to you know be confident enough to do that. Um, I think what, what really helped me was mapping it all out and then saying, if I want to leave my job, what do I, how much money do I have to bring in every month? How do I get all these jobs and uh, services lined up in advance so I can leave my job and still make the same amount of money? So sort of, I built a list of all the money I wanted to make, how I wanted to get it, and then how I could get that work. And I set all that up in a sort of like a spreadsheet and a, my to-do list uh, until I got it all working and then I left my job. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't have that documented plan on the transition. I think they plan out the business, the new business. This is what's going to do. They plan the departure, but not the synchronicity between the two and the transition. Right. So how did you first determine what you wanted to do in your new endeavor? Yeah, so it actually was something that I used to do before. So right before this job, about two months before I started that job, I was already creating courses for lynda.com. Mm. And I knew them and they were, they were great to work with. And then when I started this job, they're like, you know, they didn't want any sort of conflicts of interest. So I couldn't do that anymore. And as I was leaving, I was like, hey, we used to have a great working relationship. Uh, you know, I'm going to be leaving my job soon. What do you think about rekindling this, this relationship and doing more doing even more courses? Uh, and they had a opening and a spot and I, I know a lot of stuff about e-commerce. So I just started doing, preparing a whole bunch of courses for them. So I, and I basically knew I could do two courses immediately, which was like, a, you know, almost my monthly uh, income. And then I could do more courses down the line. So it was sort of like, I knew for at least the first two to four months, I would be, I would be good to go. And this was based on previous relationships. Uh, I think when, once you make a, once you sort of get your foot in the door in an industry, it's, it's easy to go on out on your own because you have so many connections, so many relationships that you can leverage. Uh, there are so many people that I could reach out to and say, Hey, what can I do to help you, you know, meet, meet your goals. Uh, and in this now, case, this I knew I liked working with them and, and, and I knew we could both help each other. And was this the company you started, this business you started for yourself, was this very similar to the prior job you had? I mean, you said you had always contacts. Yeah. Was it the same thing but on your own? So actually not at all. So I used to do okay. product management, which is sort of like planning software and all the features that go into them. Uh, and then doing courses is obviously online education, but I used to be a product manager for e-commerce software. And then when the, my, the company I work for, they don't have that role anymore. Uh, so like, hey, Patrick, your job doesn't exist. Okay, it's a good time to start looking for a new job. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then I, I basically started teaching all the stuff that I that I had to learn to do that job. Hmm. You know what's so fascinating? I think this serendipitous. Is, it is serendipitous. Mm -hmm. I think it's the new reality too, Kels. Yeah. More and more people are becoming entrepreneurs not because that was their intention or even ambition, but it's become a requirement. I mean, Patrick, mm -hmm. do you think if that job continued to exist and you continue to flourish there, would you have ever left? 
at least not for a long time. I, I think yeah. I would have been there for a long time. If, if, yeah, I mean, really the company I worked for was bought by a giant company uh, and they, that bigger company doesn't have my position. So they acquired, they acquired the smaller company and then they said, Hey Patrick, your position doesn't, doesn't exist. And they, and they were nice about it. Like I want to give them kudos. They didn't fire me, but they sort of moved me to a different job that I didn't really like. So gotcha. that was when I decided to, to leave. So entrepreneurship was thrust upon you. But Patrick, you know, one of the things people don't know uh, is you know, one of your hobbies is you like to paint twin, tiny toy soldiers to the tune, I think, of 40,000 of them you've painted? Yeah, my brother... No, it's Warhammer 40,000. Oh, that's the brand. Yeah. Oh, my God. My brother-in-law paints that's those the brand. and plays with them, yes. Um, but I might have painted 40,000 of them by now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. So you paint and, and play with these tiny soldiers. That's a passion of yours. There's definitely a community that likes this. That may be an obvious business decision. Why did you choose Linda over the Warhammer? The Warhammer? Yeah. <laughs> I could totally, I could have totally gone into something Warhammer related uh, because it is, it is one of my favorite hobbies. I've been doing it for like fifteen years or something. Wow. But it's, I think it's hard to hard to do something that someone else would do for free, right? Yeah. Like there are people that give free painting lessons and free assembly lessons and all this stuff because it's this really fun hobby. There aren't many people that give out free e-commerce courses, so it's a, a lot easier to make money that way. Gotcha. So you, you did this financial analysis, determined the transition, and then you went for it. But I assume that the leap over hasn't been that smooth. It's, been, it's a year and a half later. Uh, has it been smooth? Has there been bumps in the road? It's It's been pretty smooth. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit paranoid when it comes to finances. Uh, so I actually saved up about $20,000 before. So as soon as they're like, hey, your position doesn't exist. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, I've got to put money in the savings account. Yeah. So I saved up quite a bit of money and I knew I could probably get by on that 20000 for a year. Wow. And then, you know, I could always go. Well, 20000 plus I had some other small side projects. Okay. But I, I did. I cut all my expenses way down. I saved up a whole bunch of money and I sort of reduced my risk, if that makes sense. Right. Um, and then that let me take a shot at being an entrepreneur for at least a year. And if, then it, if it didn't work after a year, I'd probably run out of money and then I'd have to find a job. But I gave myself, I saved up all that money and gave myself a year. And, and honestly, most of my income was pretty steady. I think there was only two to three months where I didn't quite make enough of what I wanted. And I pulled a little bit out of that 20,000. Wow. Uh, but, but I'd say, I'd say nine out of the 12 months, I think I made my, my goal. And do you attribute that successful transition financially to the planning phase? I attribute to the planning and uh, also, as it happens, your book. I read your book right around the time where they said, hey, your job doesn't exist anymore. And it was just this perfect sort of, oh, God, I have to go to my own. And I'm literally reading a book about like how to save money and put it in the right places and not to take out too much money uh, accidentally. And that was so helpful for me. It was just it was serendipitous. Oh, that's awesome. So I'm thinking about people listening right now that are in this uh, this situation where they're, they have a job. Uh, I think there's one of three scenarios. Either they're being forced out immediately, terminated. They're being mm -hmm. pushed off or laid out, laid off like you were, pushed out. Or maybe they just don't desire to work there anymore. Pushed off that cliff. Pushed off <laughs> that cliff, yeah. So <laughs> what, um, if, if, if something happens today, now I know this isn't your personal experience, but maybe you've observed it in others. If someone today gets fired and they got to replace that income, is it even smart from your experience to pursue entrepreneurship or to start looking for a new job? I know plenty of people that are are really really good about uh, about handling money. I'm just so paranoid with that. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to do anything. 
I wouldn't want to do entrepreneurship if I was just sort of fired and had no savings. Like, I think you, for me, yeah. it was really, really helpful to have money in the bank and know that I, I could give this an honest shot. And then I could, I can always find another job somewhere else, but I wanted to give myself time. I, I think I would have made bad sort of like I would have found a client who wanted something urgent instead of like the best client for me if I had to worry about money in month one. Right. Gotcha. So you weren't desperate. Gotcha. Yeah. Now your business, um, the new business, are you able to continue to grow? What, what's the future looking like since you've replaced that income you needed? The, the future is good. Uh, and I, I am really, really enjoying it. And I think probably in the last year and a half, I think I've put out like 12 or 14 courses and I can always, what's great about it is Linda, Linda and LinkedIn learning, which is sort of the same thing. Now I can go into any area. They have courses on anything. So if I want to let, so I talk about e-commerce, but if I want to have a Kickstarter course, that's totally possible. Or if I want to have a, a, this course or that course, I can always expand and grow into sort of, as long as I can become an expert in it, then I can teach a course on it. And that's something that I love. Um, so as long as I can keep teaching myself new things, I can keep teaching it to the Linda's audience and they find it useful and I find it useful. So for, for our listeners that maybe have expertise in a certain category, uh, how wide of a breadth of expertise are we talking about? I mean, so Linda does everything. They have courses, you know, so if you want to learn Microsoft Word, they have courses. If you want to learn web development, they have courses. If you want to learn data science, they have courses. They have a, a, a lot, a lot of stuff on their platform and, and if you don't like Linda, like, like I love Linda, but even if you just go a little bit outside Linda, there's so many other course platforms that teach you anything from painting and cooking to computer science skills. Uh, there's just so much so much room for growth in the online education area. And, and what is kind of is great, let's say you are, for lack of a better word, forced out of your company. Let's say, or let's say you're uh, gently nudged out of your company. <laughs> you can... You, I mean, you can teach what you know, right? Even if all you know is project management, there are tons of course, people don't know how to do that, right? There are tons of courses on how to, how to lead a project, how to finish it, how to get it done under scope. There's lots of, people have a lot of knowledge and I, I kind of wish that they would spend a little bit of time sharing that with other people and making money while you do it. Yeah. yeah. But you know, say project management, there, there are so many mm -hmm. courses that already exist. Mm -hmm. If someone brings out about a new fresh project management course, Maybe it's new, maybe it's fresh in, in regards to a new flavor, but isn't isn't that already been done? Can't the market get saturated? Uh, I, I think the market can get saturated. I, you can't just like write a book that's called Project Management and sort of be at the top of Amazon. You know, it's not it's not that easy. But you can probably find some little some little niche, maybe project management in <laughs> project management for developing e-commerce applications, like I did. That that's obviously very very small, but you can start there and then grow out and build your expertise and your your knowledge and your courses over time. I do know they made a course uh, for Warhammer 40,000 painters. There'd be at least one buyer. You'd be all over that. Oh, oh, definitely. Oh, there'd be more than one. There would be more than one. It'd be 40,000. <laughs> so what about tech skills? I mean, did you, were you already familiar with all the different recording devices and, and processes or is this something that you just kind of had to learn as you went along? So I'm actually really lucky. Linda does a lot of the stuff in-house. So I actually, they have a recording studio. I live in Denver. They have one in Boulder, which is just 40 minutes oh. sort of north. Uh, but they have, they have recording studios and you can just go to them and record your stuff there. And, and they love it because this way their thousands of courses are all sort of, they all have the exact same quality. And I love it because I don't have to learn what microphone is the best. Um, they sort of handle all of that. And and I should say there are other platforms that also do this. So I am solely responsible for content uh, and not so much I, like if the production team has a question, I'll answer it. But for the most part, 
they handle a lot of the production. So I was, I was really, really fortunate. Uh, the thing that I had to do right, is I had to be the subject matter expert. And in this case, it, they wanted a course on WooCommerce. That's the software I helped design and create. It was pretty obvious that I knew all the ins and outs. Um, so that was sort of how I got my foot in the door and why I could teach that. But yeah, in this case, I don't have to know any tech. It was all content. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. What about communicating with your prior uh, employer? Uh, do you tell them, hey, I'm, I'm starting a new business and I'm going to need some flexibility? Or is that too risky and they may let you go? Yeah, the, you know, I actually, I actually had this weird little issue. So the company, they have this once, they have this once a year sort of meetup around the world. And I didn't buy my tickets because I knew I was leaving. And I, I had this like horrible dilemma in my head. Like, should I buy a ticket and pretend like I'm going to go to the company retreat? Right. But that would obviously be wasting money. Right. Or because I, I would leave before the retreat. Or should I not buy the ticket and then for, you know, ha basically have to tell them two months before I want to leave that I wanted to leave. And I thought about it for weeks because I was, I was, I think I was just terrified that they'd fire me and I wouldn't have all that money saved yeah. and mm. I wouldn't be ready. And in the end, there was this great uh, advice. Oh boy, I'm forgetting who said this, but it was, you can either think about consequences. And if I was thinking about consequences, I would have made the waste $300 yeah. on a flight, but don't tell them. Or I thought, who is the person I want to be? And even though it was way, 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 way scarier, I think it, I think it really helped. I think it really helped me in my relationship with my previous employer to like, Hey, I'm leaving in two months. I, I probably would have, wouldn't have told you exactly right now, but I'm telling you because I honestly don't want to waste your money pretending to buy a plane ticket to the meetup. Um, and I think that really paid off because I've continued to do work with this company over the last two years and I have an upcoming project with them probably later this year. Um, wow. So, what home was your old company? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. When you leave a company and they ask you to work for them again, it is the best oh feeling in the world. <laughs> oh my God. Like, I did have value. <laughs> Nicely done, Patrick. And and I presume they even pay you a little bit more now. It's not salary anymore. It's project. It is project based. Uh, obviously, I don't. You know, I'm not working forty hours a week all year round. But yeah, it's 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 not a bad chunk of my income. Oh my god, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Awesome. So so the technical skills. So the tech skills were addressed. Linda helped you with those. You mm -hmm. told your employer in advance. Um, what about the resources that they have? I don't know. Maybe there's certain people you made through the network you established at that company that could benefit you. But also maybe you're now you know, stealing or, or pilfering some of their resources. Did you have any – was there any value in maintaining relationships and resources with that company and were you able to use it? Um. I think there's always advantages to maintaining relationships because I, I honestly believe you don't know when you'll need someone, but at some point you'll need their help. So always give someone else a little bit of help. And then, you know, someday when you might need to ask for a favor, they're sort of there for you. Um, it, it helps that I sort of, uh, I was an early hire at this, uh, at, the, at the sort of the initial company before the acquisition. And so I knew a lot of people and I had a lot of connections and I've, I've helped out in lots of different areas of the company. And yeah, when I had a, a service to sell them, I said, Hey, I know this part of your business is really hard for you. I will take it over and here, you know, here's my fee. And I have people inside the, the company advocate for me. So mm. there's just always benefit, always, always a benefit to leaving a company on good terms because you might be able to work with them for the next three years um, or, or longer. You're getting that situation where it may happen in this case where they keep calling you. I remember I left a company um, to start my own <laughs> endeavors. And uh, when I did, uh, they were very disappointed I was leaving. Uh, but I said, listen, if you guys need help in this transition, I'm here to help. Well, they needed help not just for the next week. It was like months. They kept on calling me. At a certain point, I had to tell them, like, I cannot do this for you yeah. for free. Uh, you haven't paid me for two mm -hmm. months and I've left. 
did you get called upon in that regard? And if you have or haven't, what would be your experience around <laughs> or your suggestions around managing that? So I didn't have this with this company, but a company, boy, I worked at, I worked at an advertising agency probably three, four years ago, maybe, maybe longer, but I worked at an advertising agency and I did leave them. And, and when I left, they sort of have, they have an e-commerce client and, you know, they know that's my thing. And so whenever they have a problem with this e-commerce client, they always call me up. I, again, I'm sort of maintaining this relationship with them, but right now they're only asking me to do, let's say a couple hours a week on average. So it's, it's not a big part of my day and I'm, and I'm fine sort of doing a little bit of work and getting paid for it and maintaining that relationship. But let's say they had a really big project or they kept asking, or, or let's say they had like an urgent issue every day and I had to respond mm. to them. That would not work for me. And I, I would, at a certain point, I would just tell them, Hey, I'd love to help, but I just, I just can't manage this amount of time is too much. So either a, you need to have me, you know, we'll write up a a contract and I'll do 20 hours a week for you. Or B, you need to find someone that can dedicate the time. I I would just be honest and say, you know, for the amount of time I'm putting in, we need to have a formal agreement. Um, You know, if it's just a couple hours a week, I I don't mind doing a little bit of extra work for them. Uh, But anything more than that, I think you, you just have to stand up for your, yourself, your hours and your, what I want to say, your process, right? Like, um, I think it's important to, I always have three to four hours in the morning to start writing my courses. And in the afternoon, I like little, little odd jobs from, from Mm. previous clients. Say someone listening, uh, decides they're going to leave their employer, start their new endeavor, but maybe the new endeavor fails. Uh, maybe it fails badly and they need to go back to that original employer. Mm -hmm. Is there a way to position yourself to go back after you make this commitment to leave? Uh, I think, I think it's really, really tricky. I think it's possible, but I, I think it's tricky. I I'll, I'll share one thing. One, uh, one of my, my romantic partner, uh, Christy, she, uh, she left her job at a university and she sort of wanted to keep the door open. So she said, Hey, I'm leaving my job to take this sort of this data science boot camp." And for them, it's sort of aligned to the university's values of education. So let's say this data science boot camp mm-hmm. didn't work out. She didn't get any jobs in the data science field. And after six months, she had to go back to her previous job. I think because it aligns with what the university believes, which is, you know, education and, and bettering yourself, it'd be very easy for her to go back to that. Mm. Um, so I think if you sort of align yourself with what, you know, if your company believes always learn, always teach yourself new stuff, then if you say, Hey, I'm, I'm honestly bored and I just, I need to keep learning. I think they'll totally get that. And, and maybe it'll be easier to go back to them. If you, if the reasons for your leaving are in, are in their values. I like that yeah. idea. And I think it goes back to his original quote where he said, you know, do I think about the consequences or do I think about who I want to be? I think if you're integral Mm -hmm. in that whole process, so he was super integral Mm -hmm. in the leaving process. Yeah. He left a good taste in their mouth. He probably could return Mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you seen any of this, uh, gone bad, so to speak? Have you, have you seen anyone leave the business you were with or other companies to start their own endeavors? And it, it was just a, you know, a disaster. Oh, yes. Uh, I, I think when you get angry or or when you sort of deny or, or when you just sort of like paint a one sided picture of what happens, I, th- I think that's it's very easy for a relationship to sour when you, you know, I think yeah. I th- and I think you do it. So sort of, and I think I could have very if I let's say they said, hey, Patrick, your position is your position is going away and we're happy to move you to a different part of the company. I could easily have talked about woe is me and all the, and all the bad things and, and how it's unfair. I could have easily right. gone very negative in that moment. Right. And I think I, and if I did that, I would have never been able to continue working with them. That bridge would have been burned. I think you have to be the bigger, be the bigger person. And even if it is unfair, just, I mean, maybe that's business, right? It's unfair. What, what is, the, what is the best thing you can do with the cards in front of you? 
Um, yeah, I think, I think I could have burned bridges and I am really lucky that I, I talked to a lot of friends cause it was stressful, right? Like, Hey Patrick, your job doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> so it was really stressful for me. And I, I had to talk to a lot of friends, uh, and they sort of got me on the right path to make sure I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't react and I wasn't overly negative, uh, towards the company. Now, how are you ensuring that there's money going into your pocket with the new business with, we're doing with Linda? How are you ensuring your own profitability in this new startup? Um, so with Linda, it's about, uh, sort of the, or really with any online education, it's basically how many people are, are watching these courses, okay. you know, determines your revenue basically. Uh, and I, I basically looked at some of their courses and I, I saw a couple of them were actually old and outdated and said, Hey, do you need someone to redo these? I will redo them. And I already knew they had like tens of thousands of views. So I knew there was basically an opportunity there and I'd get, I get paid a fair amount for creating these courses. Uh, it was again, and again, like it's a win-win for them. Like they, it's a popular course, it's out of date, and their original teacher was—I think he was busy doing other stuff. So, I, you know, I, it's an opportunity for me. It's an opportunity for them. It was—it was great for everyone involved. Oh, that's smart. So smart. Built-in market. So smart. Are there anything that or lessons that you've learned since you've left that you would maybe do over differently? Oh boy, that's a tough question. I um. I, th- I think leaving on the on good terms is is the best thing you can do, um, and I think I, I think I did that pretty well. I, I, honestly, n- no, I, I think you just have to leave on good terms, and then just you know maintain relationships with that company uh, for as long as possible, so you can keep doing work with them and keep doing. Maybe you know what? Maybe keep all your connections open in all, let's say, across the industry. So not just the company you work mm. at, uh, but if I, and and sometimes I get burned out on going to a million conferences a year. Uh, but it's really important for me to go to, I probably go to like a dozen to two dozen conferences a year. Oh, wow. It's really important for me to go to all of those because I maintain those relationships and I never know when they'll need work or when I can help them, but at least I sort of keep the door open. And are those conferences you're going to, they're outside your mm-hmm. industry? Uh, they're, they're basically anything in my industry or adjacent. So I've, I've done, I live in Denver. I've done a lot of traveling and now I've sort of taken the policy, anything that's all at all related to web development. If it's a design conference or just a WordPress conference, I will go to it because it's local. And then outside of local, I sort of go to the bigger e-commerce conferences. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very smart strategies. Patrick, we're actually out of time. So we had a rock and roll before I let you go. Uh, where can people learn more about you and, uh, the conference that you have coming up? Uh, so if you want to learn more about me, there are my courses, of course, on LinkedIn learning or lynda.com. You can just type in my name, Patrick Rollins. That's R-A-U-L-A-N-D. Uh, or you can follow, follow, I talk about e-commerce. If you want to sell something, I talk about it all the time on my personal blog. That's speaking in bytes.com and that's B-Y-T-E-S.com. So I believe I talk about e-commerce all the time there. If you want to talk about shipping or taxes or any of that boring stuff, I love talking about it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and we'll have us all in our, our show notes, too. So, Patrick, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Patrick. Thank you. Kels, I don't know if you know this. Um, we record, have a recorder that we have. You actually have been manning it for quite yeah. a while. Yeah, I do know this. Someone went to Patrick and said, um, I, I don't know if I can leave my corporate job and start my own business. Here was his response. Come on, man. Oh, <laughs> wow, a little different. A little different. I got you on that one. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Got you. Got you, Kelsey. You were so staged for that. You know, it's called the priming effect. I, I keep on dripping yes. you, dripping. Pavlo is a Pavlonian response. Like, <laughs> so. you were sitting there, you started salivating because you yeah. know what's coming. And then, got gotcha. <laughs> All right, Kelsey, here's what we got to do now. We got to recap what, what we learned. I, we got to um, do the listener 
question. But first, I want to talk about right now. <laughs> That's a good response. I want to, uh, you should have seen the way she th- flung her hand out like Wonder Woman. I want to thank Right Networks. <laughs> you, did you see the Wonder Woman movie? I'm pretty sure that is not Wonder Woman like. Oh, like this? How she shot her hand? Did you see the Wonder Woman no. movie? No. Did you? Yes, I did. Wow. She, it was, people are lauding it to be one of the most phenomenal movies of all time. Yeah. I didn't see that. Okay. But maybe I saw a different version. I don't know. But, <laughs> it, but it was impressive. It was impressive. Uh, it was good. It was like a fake out for you only? It was a little fake out. But you know, I'm, I'm a 70s kid, so I'm like, I was expecting um, the Wonder Woman from the 70s. Yeah. Linda Carter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was not like that. Um, Right Networks gets your current accounting base, desktop, and legacy applications into the cloud so it's easier and more secure to share sensitive documents and data with your clients. Think about that. You, we share data with our clients, right? Mm-hmm. The sensitivity of it. You need to protect it. And you can have it in the cloud with Right Networks. You don't have to send those files e- versus emailing. Oh, my God. Stop doing that. Send it for, through a secure transfer. This new flexibility allows you to cost-effectively grow your business and even reach new geographies. Right Networks knows your reputation's on the line. So go with the only solution in the world that's backed by Intuit. Do it. Do it. I was into it. Uh, you can give Right Networks a call. Do you know the number? Do you know the first three numbers? 888. That's right. 469-5905. It's... What? Do the first three numbers again. Oh, 888. 469-5905. It's... 888-469-5905. Yeah. Is that the right number? I feel like they gave us a new number that was like a oh, really? 201 number. What does this sheet say? Uh, th- I don't know what sheet you're pointing to. Oh, let me push that over to you. Can you reach it? Okay. I got I to keep, keep it going. Okay. So uh, call that number, 888 Don't call that number. Call 888-210-0237. Then what number is this? I don't know. Are you kidding me? I think it's just the older one. Can you call on your cell while we're doing this? But hang up real quick. Yell profit first. No, I'm going to yell. Yeah, yeah yell profit yeah, first. Yell profit Let's first. go profit first. I want my 10% off. So Kelsey's calling the number so we can verify. If we've been messing up this number, that's the best thing ever. Could you imagine it's like one of those chat lines or something worse? It's like, oh, your Viagra subscription. That's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> Make it some horrible. Maybe it's our own phone number. Could you imagine it calls us? <laughs> we're like, hello. Um, while Kelsey's calling to make sure we have the right number there, good catch. Uh, Nextiva, voice over IP. Uh, that's our voice, our phone system is Nextiva, voice over IP. And Receipt Bank. And, oh, I hear right networks in the background. And Receipt Bank, if you have a vo- uh, any receipts that come in, you can scan in your receipts and immediately, immediately have it tied into your QuickBooks and so forth. So you don't have to worry about the hassle of carrying around receipts, tracking it, submitting the monthlies, and all that stuff. So, Kels, you tried one number just now. Which one was that that worked? The 210 number. Okay, worked. here's another one. This is the big reveal. She just dialed 888-469-5905. They both work. Oh, they both work. Oh, thank God. Oh, my God. We almost got pu- The sponsor almost pulled out of the show. <laughs> one, They may be keyed. I wonder uh, if they're keyed. Yeah, but they would both be keyed to us. I hope so. What if they're keying the other one that they gave us originally to like some other podcast that's like a brand new startup? They do one episode and it fails and they cancel the show and they gave them that number, but all the numbers are coming into the number they, that we're saying now. And they're like, Profit First Podcast does nothing, but this other show is amazing. <laughs> I bet you that's what's happening. Yeah. Why roll the dice spending money advertising your small business only to have your intern, Dylan, check his Instagram all day while he waits for your phone calls to come in? Based in the customer service hub of Las Vegas, Abby Connect provides you with a team of elite receptionists at a fraction of the cost. 
your callers get world-class service and a lasting impression of your business, and poor Dylan becomes your new summer assistant. Now that's executive decision-making. Call 833-ABBY-WOW to experience the difference. All right, Kelsey, let's pull out the mail. You've got mail. And then we'll do what, what you learned. No, let's do what you learned first. I, re, okay. I take that back because it, 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 it's not flowing right, Kelsey. What okay. did you learn today? What did I learn? <laughs> I feel like, hey, I love, I love that platforms like Linda or like Udemy or Skillshare, they exist. I love yes. that people who are experts in their industry have a chance to teach others. They're in it. They know it firsthand. It's completely relevant and timely. Yeah. Um, and it gives opportunity to somebody who is an expert who now, you know, has to completely shift the way that they do their business, gives them an opportunity to teach in a way that they probably wouldn't otherwise. It's a great equalizer. Yeah, I love that. And there's so many skills out there. Do you remember we had an episode of that woman who started to teach how to, I think it was make yeah, sourdough. sourdough? Yeah, Unbelievable. She w- she had, I mean, her circumstance, I think, was an extreme story, mm-hmm. right? She had many children. Was it five? Mm-hmm. She, and she talked about this on the show, had an abusive spouse who she left, good for her, but now she was living in a warehouse? It was like yeah. a bizarre- It's like a garage or something. A garage yeah. with her children. They're trying to get by. She had to raise her kids. She had to you know, do all these motherly yeah, she duties. she had a special needs son. Special needs son. Uh- Make money, and she found. I don't know if it was Linda. It was you to me. You to me, and she starts teaching how to make sour bread, mm-hmm. and that was the salvation for the family. Yeah, she gave a skill that so many people want. Doing um, something that she loves. Yeah, out of her place now. And I think she owns a home. Mm-hmm. Wonderful children. Independence, freedom, liberation. And she has so much effing sourdough at her house. Yeah. Like you could just, you go over there and she's like, oh, here's more sourdough. I did another you to me. But more importantly, you could hear the joy in her voice. You hear it, yeah. She was she living was a life that she loved. I love sourdough. Yeah, me too. Um, could you sign me up to do a course at Linda? Yeah. I mean, if they'll take me on profit first. That's L-Y-N-D-A, Linda. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Whoops. Bruh. Okay. Now, uh, what'd you learn, Kels? That was what I learned. Oh, no. That was pretty lame. <laughs> but I Here's will I say, I really loved that quote that he said. Yes. That you can either think about the consequences of something or think about who you want to be. Yeah, I shouldn't have asked you what else you learned because that's what I learned. But I, I changed <laughs> it. I changed it. Backfired. I know. Backfired on myself. But I wrote the quote is, it's either consequences or character. I used yeah. to see, right? Yeah. Um, and. La-ti-da. <laughs> I think. Uh, I'm getting a little. We're getting a little punchy, the two of us. It's hot in this room. It's like a hundred degrees in this room. We're both exhausted. And we're getting punchy, um, but consequences versus character. And and Patrick made the character selection every single yeah. time. And look at how it's paid off. And I'll tell you, even if the company backlashed to him, he knows interior inside he was integral. Yeah. And you know what? At the end of the day, at the end of your life, I feel like that's what matters anyway. That's all that matters at the end of the day. You know what? My wife went to one of those medium people recently. Oh yeah. So she's not into that, um, and I hope her, she's not listening. And her neighbor, uh, it's like our old neighbor, who's a good friend of hers, is really into it. Yeah. So they went, and uh, I'm not gonna say who it was. My wife said uh, it was interesting. She said two things. He brought four people on the stage. There was a thousand people in the room. Oh, four, she went to one of those like massive big, ones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She goes. Two of them were so spot on that, 
and the people were shaking and crying, but you don't know if they're plants or yeah. not. And she goes, two, the other two were so generic, like it could apply to yeah. anyone. And she goes, but here's the, the shame of it. She didn't think there was anything immoral about it. She goes, here's the shame of it, though. There was people in the audience that could not afford to be there. It was very clear that they had begged, borrowed, or stolen to mm. get there because they're so desperate. Mm. They're so so. Yeah, it, you just need that hope, that inspiration. It feeds on the desperation. Yeah. You know, people have lost a spouse, lost a child, and they're just dying to reconnect in yeah. some way. And this is the outlet they have, and they couldn't afford to be there. Like there was desperation in many regards, and she said that's what made it feel so bad. She said on the flip side, the um, medium was the nicest, most authentic person. He he did not come across as as a money grab by any stretch of the imagination. He was truly here to help, but you can't help a thousand people. Yeah, it's just not it. the venue. Well, do you remember when we had the woman come here to the office? Yeah, I missed that one. Come. Yeah, yeah. But she was awesome. She and was good. Spot on for everybody. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, it was a small group, and I feel like that's how you have to do it, like individually or in a small group. Otherwise, and did she do it with everyone in the room? Yeah. I wouldn't mind doing that again. Hey, what are we doing that ride? Um, we're, the 30th, July 30th. July 30th. So what we did, guys, you got to check. Do you know the name of the place? I forget now. Okay, so what we found, Ron found this. Uh, there's a company that takes old abandoned railroad tracks that run the, uh, quite a distance. I, I think it's a few miles we're going to go, yeah. right? And then they make this cart that sits on it, kind of like the old pump one, like mm-hmm. we, the two people pumping up and down. That's the one Kelsey and I are using. Everyone else has the pedal ones, right? So you get, <laughs> Kelsey and I, we'll be pumping the whole way. You'll be old woman run shuffling in front of me. But no, we all, the, everyone gets a pedal. I think it's yeah. four to six people per platform. Yeah, you can either do two or four. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to be, ha- we're going to. Hopefully we can bring some uh, drinks with us and just, we're going to have such an amazing, fun I have this time. imagery of like Scooby-Doo when they like go into the, the caves yes. and they're riding on this little trail cart that takes them into the And there's caves. ghosts That's and it. stuff and they're like, Thelma, what was that? Yeah. We're like the meddling kids. Yeah. I want a medal. <laughs> I just want a medal. I just want a medal. Okay. Um, so that's what we learned. What did you learn, meddling kid? Um, and let's let's talk about listener mail. I think we got some listener mail, right? Yeah, we, we do. Mail. Pattern baldness. What we got? So this comes from Rodney Wallace. He's an electrical contractor and has about 30% of gross revenue in materials. Nice. I thought I heard on the audiobook that you take out that out of expenses before you start trying to cut expenses down. Is this correct or do I lump that in with other expenses for my contracting company? Yeah, so great question. And this actually plays in parallel to last week's question. Like, When do I take it out? 30% of material costs in a business, we take it out first to do a real revenue adjustment. That's the only part where I think Profit First can get a little bit kludgy and clumpy, but it's important because we got to make your business- Is re- and clumpy? Kludgy. Uh, you never heard of that word? No, I've never ha! heard that. <laughs> Google that you one You educated me. Yeah, well, look it up. Look it up. I want to make sure it's a word. It's C-L-U-D-G-Y. Kludgy. Kludgy. Maybe it's just, that it could be an urban. And, and by the way, if it's in the urban dictionary, I still claim it to be accurate. <laughs> Um, so once you're over 25% of your income is going toward material costs, what's happening, Rodney, is you're taking money from your client and basically giving it to the person that provides those materials. Effectively, they could go and get the electrical supplies on their own. You're providing the convenience of acquiring it for them. That's basically what's happening. So if your company does, let's say, $100,000 in revenue, round number, but 30%, $30,000 is being used to buy materials, you don't have a $100,000 business. You have a $70,000 business that part of its service is you handle $30,000 of money of your clients to buy stuff. So the answer is yes. Take it out. 
put into an account I call materials, and you only use that to accumulate and purchase materials. The remaining 70000 in this example is then goes into income and follows the profit first method. And that's how you do it, Rodney. Boom. All right. Um, it's a word. Uh, an English word or an yeah, urban word? it's an English word. It's spelled K-L-U-G-Y. Oh, K-L. Yeah. I thought it was a C. But, yeah, okay. close. And, uh, and what? it means awkwardly or inelegantly made or done. I wanted to get the Jeopardy music playing while you dun, did it, but okay, dun, I missed it. It's a little late on that. Yeah. So, wow, I got yeah. that one right. So, score Kelsey 15, Mike 1. <laughs> I finally got one. All right. Uh, I think we want to know what you learned. Yeah. Leave us some comments and ratings on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, ProfitFirstPodcast.com, or any podcatcher anywhere, I think, maybe. Yeah. And or email on. me. Or email Kelsey. It's Kelsey at MikeMichalowitz.com. Here's the deal, y'all. We're looking for more people now that have experienced Profit First in their business. We got, we got your feedback. We got your comments. You love the experts. We get it. But you want people who've gone through the experience. How, how do you combine those twos? Those twos. Those two. What we're doing is we're bringing on people who have experienced Profit First, maybe are challenged by it right now, or struggling all together on the show, and we're starting to bring in guest hosts when we can. We had Adrian Doris in here. We had Ryan Lee. Do we have anyone else lined up? Ryan Lee's coming back. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, did you listen to the ones with him? <laughs> did you hear the Ron McDonald one? No. I just listened to the one today. Oh, I listened to the one last week with Ron mm. McDonald. Almost soiled myself. <laughs> he is, that man is funny. I know. He's funny and smart. You guys are funny together. He, yeah, but he is smart. I know. Yeah. So if you have a profit first challenge or you want to share your success stories, we want to interview you. Email Kelsey at MikeMcCallis.com. And uh, listen, we want to get you the best guidance you can get. And to do that, all you have to do is one simple step, and that's go to ProfitFirstProfessionals.com. So go to ProfitFirstProfessionals.com, click on Find One, and we will introduce you to a certified professional who drive profitability in your business. One last thing I want to point out before we let you go is my watch just said I hit my move goal, and I've been sitting for the last three hours. <laughs> Ridiculous. You've been moving your hand a lot. <laughs> that's right. It's keep me adjusting this microphone. <laughs> All right, Kelsey, let's get out of here. Bye-bye, everybody. Uh!